Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word tells you that you are the answer to all our problems. You are the answer to all our questions. We pray that you with your Holy Spirit, come and answer every question. Let me just be like this mic. That you use me. But you are the one doing it. Grant it every father. Because it is the concern of the hearts that are here. And they ask because they want to know. And they want to do the will of the Lord. Grant it every father is our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, we shall just continue from where we stopped yesterday. So we are dealing with the questions of yesterday. Uh, if we can answer all of them, then tomorrow we shall be answering the questions that came today. Uh, if we don't answer your question, because of time, we do trust that the Lord will have a way and when you get home, you can ask your pastor. If your pastor can answer, he will answer. If he can be not be able to answer, he can consult another pastor and give you the answer. Can a brother be a good Sunday school teacher without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying for him to teach in Sunday school, he must have the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is our helper. In all matters, preaching, praying, Everything. We need to have the Holy Ghost. So I can say, He can teach, but He would be a better teacher if He had the Holy Ghost. God bless you, Pastor. Who, who is to ask for a vow first? Is it a brother or a sister? I know so called a brother or a sister. A sister cannot tell a brother, please vow to me that you sister marry. Sister, that's all I could brother. Bambi in the Yidant, you nampasa. It is the brother, brother, who is wooing Yamani D. In a marriage, it is not everyone. Every one of them wooing the other. It is the brother who woos the sister. Mubufumbo siri intibuli ania wangula munene brother ino kuangula sister. It's not the sister who asks, "Will you marry me?" Sister yabuza blaza unampasa. Si sister yabuza blaza. 
It is the brother who asks you, will you marry me? Na yo brother ya abuza sister, nchi unampasa, unafumbirwa. If a sister asks the brother, will you marry me? Sister wa abuza brother, nchi unampasa. The likely answer will be no. Echo kudamuwe, jichisubiru wa chiri intine da, sija kuwasa. So it's a brother. Norwecho brother inokolecho. And you must know at what point that the brother, uh, when you come to making a vow, you have both of them reached into a mutual agreement that you can live together. So, so it's a mutual agreement. So it's not a question of who is asking. But it's a mutual, it's an unanimous agreement. But now we should marry. So the question of a vow is just automatic. If a brother gives a sister gifts, like is it wrong for a sister to take them? Now, Kakati, there is a scripture that says that gifts corrupt. Gifts corrupt. This is very important for you to listen. Many brothers want to start talking to a girl. Even before they have agreed, even before they have agreed to be friends, he starts sending her airtime, taking her in somewhere to eat chips, and a kebab. What you are doing, you are interfering with her process of decision. Yeah. And thou shalt take no gift. For the gift blindeth the wise. And perverteth the words of the righteous. So do you hear about those gifts? So, when you are quoting, meaning you have not come to a, a final conclusion that you live together, no gifts, no treatment, because they can corrupt you see, it will interfere. Now, and uh, so, it is until that you have reached both of you to a final conclusion that we shall live together. And now your fiancés. 
and you have started the process of marriage. There, you can give her some gifts. But remember, you haven't become her father. You are not her parent. Stop the behavior of being a, a of, of acting like a parent. I have seen some people, some young people, when they reach to that level, he takes over paying her college fees, her university fees. Who told you that you are her father? You're not her father. You have not even yet become her husband. Others start paying her house rent. And some girls push for more money and for more things. You as a girl pushing money, pushing for money for your fiancé. It is not a behavior of integrity. Don't do that. So, just limit yourself to little gifts. Little gifts. It's not taking control now of her finances, of her costs, and everything. Her, her expenses and everything. No. And girls don't push for expenses to be paid for you. Don't covet. Don't covet her, his money. Live the way you are living. But little gifts here and there. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Sometimes if you are meeting to, to talk more of your, of your plans for marriage, yeah, just give you some little good meal or something. And pay her fare go back home. Yeah, that's okay, up to that level. Let me say something else. Even when you start giving her uh, some little things here and there, taking her somewhere, now, don't give her things that are beyond your level. You are showing her that you, have, you, have, you carry money bags. And that will be a, a problem for you when you marry her. You made her get used to eating. I don't know what hotels you have. There's a there's what? Serena. Eh? You take her to Serena. Serena. And the mirror in Serena. Serena. Takes the whole of your money that you have. So you tell her, no mugamba. You eat. Ah, where you are Me, inze. I've already eaten. And you have dinner, eaten nothing. You have eaten nothing. Because it's not enough for 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 her and yourself. 
Or you say, my stomach has been, my stomach. My stomach is not feeling well. That not feeling well is hunger. Is hunger. You don't have the money. You are setting a, a bad view. That is not sustainable. So if you are going to buy her something, whatever it is, it is of your level. Of your financial level. Such that when, when finally you marry, you, you, have, you have actually made her used to that level. And she will not expect more. It's just that level. Be careful about that area. Yeah, she eats a big meal there and then after you leave each other, you enter somewhere for, for Madazi. And you make sure she has disappeared completely so she doesn't look back. Oh, bless you, Pastor. Is it, is it okay for a sister to testify uh, in public means like a bus, train? Tax audible in now, public. Now, I, I answered that yesterday. I said, at the level that you can just talk to somebody about the word of God, it is at the level where you are, you are answering each other. It's a discussion. But where people are seated, a bus looks like a church. Yeah. And there is a congregation looking at you. So, that is, that is, that is just like preaching in a, in a bus. Eh. I mean in a, in a church. So don't do that. Confine your level of testifying to a people you can ask questions and answers and exchange discussion. Just that level. Bless you, Pastor. What are the procedures of making a vow? Is there any need of parent, parents present for both sides? Now, what is this vow you people you are taking to be? What is it? Is it a ceremony? Is it a, is it a ceremony? Now, you see, as I told you yesterday, you begin by being friends. And as you are friends, you reach somewhere where a man feels okay. Out of my friends, I've identified you. And I feel like you can cope. So I want us to start friendship. And then let us see in our friendship whether we can be able to live together. A vow is when you come to agree. 
after everything he was scrutinizing everything the man came to a conclusion yes I think this is meant meant to be my wife and she also feels this man is meant for me and then you ask yourselves should we marry says yes okay so you promise each other I'll marry you. Will you marry me? Yes. That's a vow. Do you have to call your mother, your grandfather, your grandmother to come and Not even the church. Not even your friends. It's just that, the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. is telling me that there are some teachings because some of these things come out of what you are taught in your church. That uh, uh, the vow must be done before the elder. If it is not done when the elder is there, it is it is it is none it is, is a is what? Now and void. Now, I don't know, but what I know is a, a vow is between two people. When it comes to the vows for an actual marriage to start living together. That's where the church and the witnesses should be there. There should be witnesses as you enter into marriage and do the marriage vows. If your pastor wants to be there when you are giving a vow to each other and it feels that it helps there is no problem let him be there there is no problem but remember it is something between the two of you God bless you, Pastor. If, I, if a brother asks a sister to go to her parents without making a vow first, is this a vow? Brother, to go to her parents to do what? You know that's a question. Do you understand what that means? Ask the girl to go to the parents. What is it? Do what? Now. Kakati. Let me let me say this. What I bring the what I, I believe the process of of marriage is like this. From the level 
of where you have felt that you shall live for one another before you make a vow. But you have agreed. You have not concluded completely. It's good to take the girl to your parents. Tell them, I want to marry this girl. You as a sister is good to take the boy to your parents. If the parent if the, your, the parents agree, that's where you now seal your vow. Because if you come to my house with my daughter, telling me that you have vowed to her and you are going to marry her, if I'm not in the spirit, I may cut you with a panga. Because who told you to do that? It's she was. Who gives you permission to marry her? And I have, we have vowed. She is now mine. What are you talking about? What are you telling me? Listen. Even when you start dating. When you start being seen together. Before that. You must come to the father. Of the girl. And tell him, I am seeing your daughter. I am dating your daughter. Will you allow me? Yes. Then he agrees. So if you are seen walking with her, the parent has already agreed. Do you understand? I like the way my 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 son-in-law did before he started seeing my daughter. He came and asked me permission. So now, when I don't see when I don't see my girl, when he comes, maybe he picks her, they go, or whenever they, they see each other, and, and she's not. And, and I know she's away from home. I know she's with him. She's with him. I'm aware. And possibly, if when she gets coming, he, he, he brings her home. And goes. That, is, that is in case the home is near. It's a good thing. If it can happen because if the, if the parents are near. But it is good before you start being seen with somebody's daughter. Let the parents know. However, you pass that information to the parent. It is important they know you are seeing her. 
before you seal your vow, let there be a mutual agreement of the parents. Both, both. They have okayed. Not that you vow. And then the parent says no. No, my daughter is not going to be married by him. And the parent has the power. So how do you vow first? Before you are given a go ahead. Is it seen being fled with a boy out, out of message? Musumba. Yes. It's a big scene. To start with, where did you start being friends? Where? Where, where, where were you? Where were you? And what were you doing? And what were you doing? Were you doing? Were you doing? With an unbeliever. You should have absolutely no such relationship that come close to being uh, friends in that level. No, with an unbeliever. We got the message in this afternoon. God bless you, Pastor. I'm asking that am I permitted to marry a sister who I have preached to the gospel? In high school. And I loved her before. And now she's a believer. Am I permitted? You are not only not permitted, but you need the caning. What are you doing with this girl? You are saying you loved her first. Then you preach to her. Right? And now you want to marry her. There you are not going in the right way. Uh, you are preaching is suspicious. The object, the objective of preaching to her is suspicious. It's like you are cleaning her so that you can now take her. So, forget about this matter completely. You are not, you are not permitted. But, Nayate, if you are a preacher, and you preach to a girl, without any motive, of marrying her. 
That idea is not there in your mind. And maybe much later, you find that you loved her. You love her. And like to marry her. I don't think there is any problem. Yeah, there is no problem. But this time when you love her first. And then you are inspired to preach to her. They are no, 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 no. The motive is not good there. Yeah. What happens when a Christian dies? Where does he or she go? They normally go to the sixth dimension. Is that correct? Yeah, they go to rest there. It's like a place prepared by God for the believers to rest before the judgment. But when the judgment is done, Okay. What about the non-believer? Where does he go? He goes to a place which is a remand. It's like a remand prison. Because he is a suspect. If he has been drinking, he has been smoking, he has been committed fornication, and he dies, even before judgment, he is a suspect. So he is taken to a place called hell. And that is not a five-star hotel. Is a place of torment. When finally the judgment is done, when all the dead shall rise, and they are summoned to the white throne judgment, the hell, it is poured there before the white throne judgment. And those fellows from hell are judged. After they are judged, they are thrown to the lake of fire. Now to burn. The believers, if they are the bride of Christ, they sit on the judgment seat. And they judge the people. Some of the people to be judged will have eternal life. They are the ones that are called sheep. And then when they are found right, they will go to heaven. Not really heaven, but they will go to a place of spending eternity. Then the bride will go to the new Jerusalem on, on Mount Zion. Okay? So you know now where they go. Is God and Jesus one person? 
Yesu ne katonda banaye bebamu. Yes. Chitufu. Jesus Yesu was Jehovah God. Yali the Almighty God. Katonda uwe chitalo. Veiled in the flesh. Nga ayamba de omubiri that was born of Mary. A body was born of Mary, then God came inside that body. So Jesus became Emmanuel. God with us. The Almighty God with us. It was not the first time for God to veil himself in a flesh. God Katonda. created a body and he created another body and another body. He told two angels to enter into those two bodies and he entered in one and they came walking on foot and they visited Abraham. When God looked, when, when Abraham looked, what did he say? He went and bowed before one. He said, my God. He never said, he never said, he never said, oh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. No. He bowed before one. Jehovah God. With the flesh. So it's not two gods, not two persons. It's one person. How can I look up a right sister for marriage? And how how I how how can I approach her? If you are really man, you don't know how to approach her naturally. <laughs> Nature will guide you. You don't need to be in a classroom. It's natural. <laughs> you don't have to be taught. First step. Look at, look at her. Then the second step. Say hello. No, gamba. Hello. No, you don't have to be taught. You don't have to be taught. As long as you are a man, and there is a pool renewed towards her, you know how to approach her. You don't need to be taught. <laughs> As to the question of whether to get the right one, you are the one who knows the one you want. How will So, the one you want, how do you want her to be like? Right? Talkative, quiet, quiet. You know, 
are the one to know. So, because you have defined what you want, you are the one who will know when you have found her. Because you have seen her. That pleases your heart. That's how you know. The one that pleases your heart. And then you know how to, to go about it. These things to approach a girl are, bought, are in you. Have you ever seen a goat being taught how to, how, how to approach them? <laughs> but the goat just comes naturally. Smells. Smells. Then it does. <laughs> naturally. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the big goat standing there smoking. No, at that stage, do you like like this? No. no. <laughs> it just comes automatically. Because it's a goat. With you, you are human being. You have to know how to approach it. How can you understand that somebody loves you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There are many things. What uh, were to be there are many things, eh? What were to be that you do to a person you love. And a person does to you if he or she loves you. It is a fact Chitufu. that we know Chitumanya. this brother loves me. Even that, that godly love. I know e, this brother e, loves me. There are some things you have, you perceive. E, the brother loves me. No gambe. There are some perceptions you can have. And you know this girl loves me. This boy loves me. Besides talking, there are things you will do. Besides expression, you know this girl loves me. There is something in you that perceives. And let me tell you, that is natural, you can know. In my house, I have got two cats. And those cats of mine, they know I love them. Because 
When they see me, they run coming. They just sit around me. If I go to the bedroom, they follow me. I know they love me. And they know I love them. But eh, they know my wife does not love them. Whenever they see my wife, they do this. <laughs> and they run. <laughs> and they run. Because Kubanga. she is always beating them for urinating on the sofa set. So they fear. There is no love between the two. Just an animal. And animals know. So if animals know, even you as a human being, you know. What is my work in church as a youth? You are the one who knows. How can I know? <laughs> you are the one who is in the church. <laughs> and you know what you do. I don't know whether you I don't know whether you sing. I don't know whether you play a guitar. Oh, I don't know whether you preach. I, I know whether you teach Sunday school. So you are the one to tell me. <laughs> But if you are asking generally what is the work of youth, youth have a lot of work. Youth are very, very important in the church. Some are talented. Youth are talented. Some, some are preachers. Some are singers. Some are musicians. Some are... There are a lot of things they do according to their talent. You may not be talented, but there is still something you can do. Arranging the shares. And all those kinds of things. Okay, so find your work. Find something that you do, you enjoy in the church. And then you have a work to do. Yeah, and the pastor will be happy. How can I fight bad dreams as a, as a Christian? I don't think we, we determine whether to dream or not. I don't think we do this eh? today. I'm going to dream today. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to dream. So you don't determine to dream or not to dream. Neither do you choose the type of a dream. Bad or good. You can determine. 
But if you think about dreams, many of them come out of what is in our subconscious. Live well. Do the right things. And I believe you dream right things. There's one brother. He used to work for uh, a conductor of a bus. You know they wake up very early in the morning. And they close the work very late. So he would come. And he would just sit where we are. Even before going to even, even before going to sleep, he would start dreaming there. He would say, Bring that money, bring that money. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> then we would wake him up. Oh, <laughs> this is what you do during the day. <laughs> you want to beat people in the matter too. <laughs> you know, what you do is what you dream. What is so much in your mind is what you dream. We are talking about the dreams that are not spiritual. So, live right life. Do right things. And they will influence good dreams in your your At which year, at which year, Mm, is one allowed to have or use a phone? That was answered yesterday. Similar kind of a question. God bless you, Pastor. Are we allowed to have phones at, at which age? Uh-huh. I think it's a common question. God bless you. How do you explain the institution? Do we have to repent? Not the institution, but it is what? Uh, not the institution, but. Uh, Restitution. Restitution. Restitution, okay? Restore to be there. Do we have to repent for each and everything in in from every person we wronged before salvation? After getting saved. When you are coming to get saved and repenting for your sins. Uh, you have done sin since you were born. How can you remember all of them? How can you remember everybody you wronged? So what we do, we know God knows we are sinners. We have sinned. We have wronged people. So when we repent, 
God forgives us all. And you don't need to go to people. But, but if you have a specific person that you have offended and you know you see him and you remember him. You stole his chicken. You stole his cow. And you are milking it. Don't milk it anymore. Take it to him. Tell him. I got saved, I got saved last night. And I had stolen your cow. So take your cow. If you have been employed by a needian and you have been taking things away there, go tell him. Don't continue using them. You see this freer. I stole from the, my, my Indian employer. Your conscience not allowed to continue cooking with it when you know. You can tell your Indian employer about it. That is the only level. If there is something you can remember and you can see is to affect your conscience because you see the people you wronged. But you cannot now say I'm writing a list of all the people I've seen. If you can remember, you may do it the whole of your life and you not finish. But after you are saved, and you are Christian, and you wrong people, it's good to see them. The Bible says, forgive one another. Confess your sins to one another. Yeah. What causes meaningless and confusing dreams without any meaning don't get bothered with the dreams. Don't bother with them. Even if you, you dream stealing, breaking a shop, don't get bothered with Dreams are very stupid, as you have said here. So ignore them. Because you cannot determine, as I said, how to, what, what to dream and what not to dream. You can just dream any kind. Sometimes I have dreamed very stupid dreams. There were so many times. One of the most awkward dreams I've ever had. That I dreamed that I was the president of Kenya. And many, many times. 
I dreamed sitting together with Moi. And we are discussing things. So very, very unusual and very awkward. So let them not bother you. Is it okay for a sister to visit the brother's parents before they are married? I think I explained that, that one. Yeah. A few minutes remaining. It is sad. It is said that when a sister who has ever fornicated before being saved. If she repented, she will be as though she was a virgin. Now, I had a sermon on that. But it looks like there is no time to preach it here. Those from our church, they know I have preached that some, on that area. But let me say here, committing fornication is like having your ear cut. There is nothing you can do to get back your ear. So you are not going to be a virgin anymore. And you will never be. There is a lot of nonsense that goes on. You find it in the newspapers. You find it in the newspapers. They say, come. There is some oil we shall give you and then you become a virgin again. If you, are, if you lose your virginity, you will never get it. You will never get it. It's gone completely. Fornication is very bad. I wonder whether there will be time to talk about it. Yeah. But I have a sermon on that area. Does she still be a, a, a wife to a, a minister? Does she still be a wife to a minister? Can she be a wife to a minister? Even that, who may be did the act in the ages before before being a teen? Let us not go very much in the details of what happens around that area. But the question is, we all know what is to lose virginity? And the thing is that once you lose it, 
you have lost it forever. Nothing will ever restore it. You cannot be called a virgin anymore. I wonder what this person wanted. He just writes a paper and tells God bless you. That's all. And I will say amen. Amen. <laughs> Is Joshua and Caleb the only people who, who reached Canaan? Joshua and Caleb were bantu boka bantu ke Canaani. Read for us, Brother Gideon, Numbers fourteen twenty-six to thirty-three. Numbers fourteen. Is Joshua and Caleb the only people who reached Canaan? Joshua and Caleb were boka bantu ke Canaani. Numbers fourteen, fourteen, twenty-six. Okuba la kumi And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which mama against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they mama against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that we are numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I saw unto which I saw to make you dwell therein. Save Caleb the son of Jephne. And Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which he said should be a prey, them will I bring. Them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. So Joshua and Caleb, together with the little ones that were born in the wilderness, are the ones who enter in the land. How can I approach an unbeliever at school? And which factors can I consider? And when he will ask, he will ask me, and I, and I fail to answer, what can I do? If you, if you are preaching to somebody, an unbeliever, and they ask you a question you are not able to answer, go back to the Bible and research. And ask maybe even somebody else another that question that can help you. After you get the answer, go back to that person and answer him the question. What, what does be certain of God mean? Is it receiving the Holy Ghost? I think eh, it's clear. Be certain of God. 
In other words, be convinced of God. Have a conviction of who God is and what he is and his truth. You are certain about. I don't know whether there is any, anything hidden in that. But uh, uh, receiving the Holy Ghost, of course, will help you to be very certain about God. It increases your, your relationship with God. And brings knowledge of God to you. Because the Holy Ghost will teach us all things. Yeah. God bless you. What can he do to overcome youthful age temptations after being repented for several times? You know when you repent and when you accept Christ uh, if you are drinking if you are drinking, you'll have a lot of temptations about drinking. If you are a womanizer, you'll have a lot of temptation about women. You'll have a lot of trouble with women. You have to fight every day. Not to drink. You have to fight every day. Not to mess up with women. Whatever. Whatever weakness you had. So it is a war. Because. The elements that were causing you to, to be a womanizer. To, be, to drink. To smoke. Are still there. Because you are not yet sanctified. The desires of the flesh are still with you. So, you have to fight. Overcome. And for you to be able to overcome, you need to read the word and pray. A lot. A lot. Pray. That's how you become strong. And as you become strong, finally, you will go through the process of sanctification. And when you are, you are sanctified, those things don't bother you anymore. There are people who are smoking. Now, the, the idea of smoking is far away from them. The smell of cigarette offends them. And not pretending. It's because they have been changed. But a few days after they got saved, smelling cigarette was, was a problem. Was a problem. So that's how we grow. So, 
If you are talking about falling and painting, falling and painting, do what I have told you. If you fall, wake up. Repent. If you fall again, repent. Right? If you find yourself being very offended by that, that means you are, you are saved. And, and God will help you through. And one time you will have victory. Victory. But the criteria is that you, if, if you ever fall, it's not good to fall. But if you ever repent, the blood of Jesus washes you and, and cleanses you. And as you go along, you will grow out of it and you will be strong. You will never be tempted again about those areas. Yeah. When you have a father, when he, he will tell you to steal, you do it because it's your father? That is a son or a daughter of a thief. Now because your father is a thief, don't inherit his thievery. Refuse. Ghana. If he tells you to steal, refuse. That is not disobeying. Obey God. Disobey your father and obey God. If he tells you to drink, Disobey him and obey God. Who says you should not drink? There, God will not say you have disobeyed your parent. You obey your parent as long as your parent don't tell you something contrary to the will of God. Wives the same. You obey your husband as long as, as, long as, they, don't, as long as they don't tell you to do contrary to the Bible. If they tell you to do something contrary to the Bible, refuse and obey God. If he divorces you, let him let me divorce you. No problem. Yeah. You can live without a husband. If living with a husband means disobeying God and missing eternal life. I know you are very quiet about that. Is it okay or, or is it okay for a sister who before believing the message was married but divorced to remarry in the message after becoming a believer? 
musumba techina buzibu sista eyali omufumo watanaba kulokoka nagobebwa bwajamu message okuda mufumbirwa did you understand the question? Did you understand the question? Yeah? Okay. Let's get the answer. Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Verse 3 to 9. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. And saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Therefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say, Unto you, whoso I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. No, you are wasa if you marry a divorced woman, you commit adultery. A divorced woman can never be married. That's why these matters of relationship are very serious. Very serious. The serious. Just like a lustful man just comes to you and marries you. Because he sees you have got a very good form. I know that he's interested to satisfy his flesh. And after you have got two children, three children, he puts away. You live the rest of your life with three children for the rest of your life, you'll never get married. Of course, for me in my church, if you have children, I'll join the government to chase you until you take care of those children. Or that child. I believe that is a product of your act. Of your act. And you, take, you should take care of, 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 the, of the results of your act. That child should not suffer. 
Umano itaina kubonya abunyezebwa. Awapushi. Njaku waliriza. And I'm glad that our government has that law. Take care of the child. It's a very serious thing. To be divorced, to be divorced. You can never, never be married again. A man can only marry on, on one condition. If it was the cause of fornication. What is, what is fornication? Fornication is an act of intimacy before you are married. That means you committed fornication before you are married. And you never confessed to your husband. Or he married you thinking you are virgin. You displayed like you are virgin. But after he has married you. And maybe you have stayed for two years, ten years. Discovers you are not. He has a right to put you away and marry another. But you cannot be married yourself. So it's a serious matter. Is a vow made over a phone call? Obligatory. What, what is a force? What is a force? I don't know what means of communication you make. Whether on phone or through the radio. Or through the television. But if you mean it, and the person hearing you also means it, the fact is that the message has reached each one of you. Whatever means of communication, it is still a vow. The important thing here is the communication, the message, and, and the understanding of each other. That, that the message is clear. Whatever form of, inform of information you have used, communication, 